0: Are impressed with what you're about to do as you welcome our visitors. Do you have a church as a visitor here? Stay right where you are. If you don't, stay right where you are because we would love to have you. Praise God! My wife and I took an adventure with our grandchildren up to Michigan, Lake Michigan, yesterday, and went shopping, and uh, I I came to the church after we got home and went home to say hi to my wife, and she was zonked out in bed. I I just saw saw her this morning. It looked good. (laughs) They're getting younger, or we're getting older, or it's a combination of both. I don't really know. Do you? Molly's (laughs) free. We we love all of them. We love all of them. Carter and Jack sometimes take a breath and breathe, and Annabelle didn't get a chance to go with us this time. Molly takes no breath, doesn't breathe, just talks constantly. <laughs> How old is she now? She's, she's seven years old, but praise God. Well, if you have, your Bible Now, Pam, on the way back, Pam said, hey, you want some funny stories for tomorrow? And I said, yeah. And she said, okay, I got a couple. Somebody sent me on the, uh, on the Internet here, so I'll share them with you. Laughter is good. Tell that person next to you, laughter is good. <laughs> this is good about the husbands. I resemble this one right here. <laughs> i got to get the other one up here. The other one I really like. Glory to God. Where is, oh, there it is. Okay. Husbands are the best people to share secrets with. They'll never tell anyone because they aren't even listening. <laughs> All the women who agreed said, Amen. <laughs> and, and this one, now you've got to really listen, but this one's really cute. This is about a shampoo warning. How many of you ladies use shampoo? Okay. How many of you ladies? No ladies who would like to lose a little weight. You know you know, ladies who would like to lose a little Well, you came to the right service. Tell that person next to you, you came to the right service. He was blipping off, honey. Shampoo warning. I don't know why I didn't figure this out sooner. I use shampoo in the shower. When I wash my hair, the shampoo goes down my body. And there is a label that clearly states... For extra body and volume, no wonder I'm gaining weight. <laughs> I threw out that dangerous shampoo and have decided I'm going to use the Palm Olive Dish Soap because that label reads this will dissolve fat that is otherwise difficult to remove. <laughs> I, think, I think that is hilarious. <laughs> Uh, looking for Palm Olive in the shower. Okay, glory to God. If you have your Bible, open it to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, and we're going to be reading there in, in just a moment. But uh, I have voted. How many of you have voted already? Pre, uh, anybody? A few of you? I voted. And it uh, doesn't matter who I voted for. But I know this. In my opinion, and I believe in God's opinion, the most important uh, issues that we face. There are basically, I think, three. Number one, we got rid of abortion on demand. We've got to get rid of it. We've got to get rid of it. We've got to get rid of partial birth abortion. That is straight from the pit of hell. One candidate is for partial birth abortion. One candidate, I think, is against it, but I have no idea. We've got a couple of different people running for office. How many of you would say amen to that? Amen. Glory to God. I don't know where the good guys went, but uh, anyway, we'll, we'll, somebody's going to get elected to office. And then the other thing is that we've got to really uh, come to grips with is is sanity in this nation. Uh, This is a nation where uh, marriage is under attack. The sanctity of marriage is under attack. It is a demonic attack that comes straight out of the days of Noah. And if you ever study the days of Noah, you'll understand it was a time filled with horrible sexual challenges and lasciviousness. And uh, if you ever, I've got a book on the days of Noah. It's a horrible time frame. That's why Jesus said in the end times, just before the end comes, it'll be right as the days of Noah. And then the other thing we've got to make sure of is that we do not abandon what is the most important thing, and that is the nation of Israel. And uh, we have have the candidates. On those three issues, the candidates are totally different. It is a no-brainer. No brainer. So when you look at those issues, it might think that I'm saying to you who to vote for. I think we got two bad candidates running for office, but we will find out who gets elected. But this is the good news. You ready for good news? Yeah. Turning the next good news. Good I'm going to be okay no matter who wins. How many of you are going to be okay no matter who wins? I believe God wants to weigh in on this election. He wants the body, wants the body of Christ to get their head out of the sand and get their head where it belongs, uh, focused on issues and things like that. But, uh, but I'm going to be okay no matter who wins, no matter who's the president, because I know who's still on the throne. Jesus is on the throne yesterday, today, and... So let's give them a hand, act like we know it, because if we're not careful, the body of Christ is going to walk around just wringing their hands. I see a lot of people like this, and sometimes I'm like this at night, and my wife will just say, honey, get a grip, and I say, thank you. Uh, but, but it's like, look, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. The, we've read the end of the book. If you've read the end of the book, if you've read through the Bible, we're going to make it. So what we've got to do is focus and what is our call on this earth while we're here, and, and, and what are you and I called to do? And, and the message today is, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. And we're going to be reading on the Beatitudes here in just a moment, but specifically, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the The peacemakers. If you're anxious and worked up and all in a frenzy, you're not going to make peace many places unless you leave the room. And then the peace maybe will come in. But we're called to bring the peace of God everywhere that we go. Every single one of us had been at peace at one time or another, and sometimes we've been anxious and concerned and just really upset about everything that's going on. But Jesus said that we are called to be peacemakers. So we're going to talk about that because when, when when Pam and I first went to Tulsa, I didn't know much about the Word of God. I'm still learning the Word of God. But when we first went to Tulsa, uh, God was speaking into my spirit, and, and I knew that I was supposed to pray and write down what I heard and pray and write down what I heard. And so I would pray and write down what I heard, and then I'd think that, you know, if I did it on Monday, then Tuesday I'd have whatever, you know, God said. And, of course, I found out it didn't work that way. It wasn't like driving through McDonald's. You had to wait a while. But, but, but I continually would hear this out there ble- that... that I was a peacemaker, and and that you will be a peacemaker. And I thought, I don't even know what that means. I didn't even know the word that well. Let's read what it says right here. It says in Matthew chapter 5, do we have the picture from uh, the mount where Jesus actually, they believe he taught that. Now, you, you can't see that very well, and I tried to get him to blow up, but this is where Jesus, everybody believes, most of the theologians, This is where Jesus was. That's the Sea of Galilee in the background. That's Rodney Dilling reading right there scripture from the Beatitudes on the side of that mountain. I took that picture of him while we were over there. It's kind of hard for for you to see. But but this is Jesus uh, speaking to the disciples and the multitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the Spirit of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are those pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Don't you like that one? Turn to your neighbor and say, I like that one too. That was awfully weak, folks. Let's say it again. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are reviled and, and who persecute you and say all th- sorts of evil things against you for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they per- so persecuted the prophets who were before you. We have a reward in heaven. Tell your neighbor, I have a reward. And that if you understand that, it says that blessed are the peacemakers, and that no matter what people do to us, against us, or whatever, we understand that we have a great reward in heaven and it's not going to change who we are. Oh, are with me so far? So let's all say I am, I am blessed, blessed if I'm a peacemaker. And so anyway, we're going out there to Tulsa, and, and uh, we, we end up there, and God starts to open the door for us to be on staff and do things and all, and, and I keep hearing this thing, you are a peacemaker. And I thought, I, I don't really understand what that means. I didn't have the revelation of it. And so then the door started open for an opportunity to talk to people and to do things. And I'll I'll never forget this one day that Billy Joe uh, asked me to see a man for him. This man came down and sat in my office, and he sat next to me in my office, and and he told me his life story that was just crumbling. I'm sitting there listening to this man, and he talks for 45 minutes. When he got finished telling me the horror of his story, he told me what he thought he should do with his life. It was right on with the Word of God. Uh, I listened to what he had to say when he finished, He just reached over, gave me a big hug, and he said, I want you to tell me, I can't believe how you've helped me. You have absolutely set me free. I never said a word. Didn't say a word. I thought the guy was kidding. And he said, No, you have really helped me. I believe the peace of God shows when you have it in you and that wherever you go, you're capable of bringing that peace or you're capable of stirring things up. How many of you realize there are some people that wherever they go, they just stir things up? Because there are things in them that aren't quite right. Now, I can honestly tell you that I sometimes stir things up, okay? So I don't want you to think, oh, look at me, I'm the good guy. No, my wife would be sure to say, no, he's not the good guy all the time. (laughs) I understand that. But I know what it's like to walk with the peace of God manifest in my life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You got your A game on? You know it, because it's not you, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have that ability to be the peacemakers on this earth every single place that we go if we want to use it. Now, in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, what the world needs now more than anything is the peace of God. This world is a powder keg. How many of you have been reading about some of the things going on over in Yemen, over in Russia, Uh, the White House, glory to God, there... I believe the world is a powder keg getting ready to explode at any moment. It could at any moment. We could see Armageddon coming very shortly. We could have some more time of relative tranquility before the fuse goes. But folks, the fuse, I believe, is lit. Turn to your neighbor and tell them the fuse is lit. You, you can't help but read the Word of God and realize we are getting closer and closer and closer to what appears to be all hell to break loose. But it's not going to be all hell. It's going to be the righteous anger of God that's going to come down on this earth. And the rapture of the church is coming, and God's going to take care of the rest of this earth. And some people are going to have a chance to get their life right, and some people aren't. But in the meantime, you and I have the answer. Tell your neighbor, I have the answer. We have the peace of God that everywhere we go, we can share the Word of God, we can share the comfort of God. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Not stayed upon Fox News, are you glad I got that in there, sweetheart? Not stayed upon Fox News, not stayed upon this liberal agenda or this progressive agenda or this demonic agenda agenda, or this conservative agenda, but focused upon Jesus and what Jesus had to say. Now, this is what peace is, what it means, calmness and perfect well-being, calmness and perfect well-being. When I talked to Pastor Stanley over there, and I I said, I'm trying to encourage Pastor Stanley on the death of this girl, and he says, we are encouraged, I appreciate your encouragement, we are encouraged, we believe that her death will not be for naught that it will be used for good by God, that we know she's in heaven, and that while we mourn the tragic situation, our focus is upon Jesus. No matter what we face, the peace of God. I watched Stanley bring that peace on that scene. I watch other people that have that peace. I see people sometimes that they can agitate by just their presence. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Just their presence. That peace should be in every single believer that knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And the word peace means calmness and perfect well-being. Calm, perfect well-being. When Jesus was in the midst of the storm with the disciples, asleep in the boat, what was he? Perfectly calm, perfectly peaceful. And when they woke him up, he said, what's the problem? We're going to the other side. I already told you that. It's no big deal. A little faith you've got. Peace be still and I don't know, it doesn't say in the, in, the, in the word, I think he probably went back to sleep. I think he went back and laid down and took a nap. I, that's a good reference for taking naps. I take more naps now than I used to. Is that right? Uh, Jesus took a nap in a boat. I just thought about that. I'm going to use that sometime. Now, that piece <laughs> is available to every single one of us. Now, if you understand this, Jesus came as as somewhat of a tag team match with the Holy Spirit. And in John chapter 14, verse 27, this is what Jesus said. He said, I have come to give you my peace. Let's look over there. Things are going to get exceedingly, and I know some people don't like to hear this. Things are going to get exceedingly troubling in the world. They're going, it's not going to get better. If you've read uh, 2 Timothy, if you've read what Jesus said in the book of Matthew, things are not going to get better. They're going to get like He said. Are we going to pray that things will be better and that we'll have more time to share the gospel of good news? Yes, we are. But we know what's coming. If you read, if you read the Bible, You know what's coming. Don't let that shake who you are. We are people of peace and we are peacemakers everywhere that we go. And in John 14, 27, this is what Jesus said Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Let's all say that. How many of you know that you should not let your heart be troubled? May I see your hands? Everybody look around, look around. Do you raise your hand, Jack? okay Uh, okay hey jack have you prayed yet have you prayed yet about wednesday not yet okay Uh, and and uh, so so let not your heart be troubled can i see the hands again let not your heart be troubled let me see the hands of all the people let your heart get troubled sometimes you've heard it before but let's say Not not too smart if jesus said not to let your heart be troubled then what should we do Not let your heart be troubled. It goes on to say in verse number 27, Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. Now, let's jump over to John chapter 16, verse 33. There are some people that have a tendency to be anxious and concerned and uptight when things aren't going the way they think they should be going, but things are going to be going the way Jesus said they're going to be going. Does that make sense to all of you? Turn to your neighbor and tell it's going to go like the way Jesus said. Well, no, I want there to be peace in the whole world. Jesus didn't say there's going to be peace in the whole world. Jesus said there's going to be trouble in the whole world. Jesus said, if there's going to be trouble in the whole world, then what will we think is going to come? Trouble in the whole world. But we will have the answer for the world. Does that make sense to you? Turn to your neighbor and tell it makes sense to me. Okay, now let's look at what it says in verse number, uh, uh, John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace, but in the world, now we are in the world, but not of this world. These things I have spoken to you that in me you will have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, not the great tribulation that's coming after the rapture. Not the great tribulation, but you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And what is this tribulation that Jesus is talking about that's in the world? Pressure, oppression, stress, anguish, tribulation, adversity, affliction, crushing, squashing, squeezing, distress. Wow. And we have the answer And we have the peace of God in the midst of all of it. Now, did Jesus say this stuff is just going to go away? No. He said it's going to intensify as we get closer and closer to the end. But you and I, as peacemakers, have the ability To bring peace into every situation and every circumstance. Now, some people reject what you're trying to bring. I had shared with someone not too long ago a situation that had had occurred, and I and I told them what God told me, what God had said, and they said, I reject that. And, And I said, That's fine, but it doesn't change the fact that I'm a delivery boy telling you with the peace of God, this is what I believe God said. Well, they chose to reject that. So because of a situation and circumstance, I was praying. and said, God, please show me if I need to apologize for what I said. And this is what I heard. It was like my wife blasting in my ear. Glory to God. It was really strong. Don't you ever apologize for doing what I've told you to do. And don't you ever apologize for saying what I tell you to say. Yes, sir, I understand. We are coming to bring peace into the world. We are peacemakers everywhere we go if we've answered the call. No matter how people treat us, we are peacemakers. If they receive it, great. If they don't receive it, great. It's not going to affect who I am, and it's not going to affect who the Lord is. As this began to grow in me out in Tulsa, and I had the word of the Lord, everybody should have a prayer journal. Let me see the hands of all the people who have a prayer journal okay, glory to God, needs to be more hands up. Everybody needs a prayer journal. In my prayer journal, 1981, I can show you where God said, you will be a peacemaker, and everywhere you go, you will be used by me to bring peace. And I thought, okay, that's really good. What does that really mean? And then I saw it start to happen, and I realized it wasn't me, because in my natural mind, I'd just soon smack them right upside the head. But, but, but it's like, okay, I think I can do that, God. And I remember when Billy Joe and, and Mark Turner, the associate pastor out there, how many of you remember when the power teams used to be really big and popular? Uh, the, uh, uh, it was called the power team, wasn't it? Power team. And, and, and when they first came on the scene, it was, I'm not trying to be cool, I'm hot. Okay? So, oh, yeah, I guess I am trying to be cool. I, I know the young guys... <laughs> That didn't make sense, did it? I, I know the young guys do their sweaters a certain way. I'm just hot on crap. But I thought it was going to be cold today, and it's really not cold at all. So anyway, so we got the power team there, and we got about 16,000 people in the Mabee Center. A fire marshal came and had us not lock the doors, but had us guard the doors. They wouldn't let anybody in, 16,000-plus People there for the power team, and they're doing their thing, and they're just ramming up the kids. And we brought, bu- we had, I don't know, 40 buses from all over the community, and uh, and all of a sudden they're getting ready to leave, and we're trying to get the crowd control taken care of. And and I and I hear over, <laughs> over the uh, 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 the ushers had all had the uh, walkie-talkies or whatever sound system was, and and they said, get Mickler out to that bus out in the car out in the parking lot. They've commandeered the bus, and they're trying to burn it, and. Uh, and I thought, OK. And uh, so it was the assistant pastor, and Billy Joe had been involved. And so I went out, and, the, and, and, and it's just so cool. And I know this is going to sound like I'm talking about me, and I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I should be talking about every one of us. I really am. I'm in over my head, and I know it. Sometimes I like being in over my head, because I know it's not me. I know it's that thing in me that's called the Holy Spirit that I'm yielding to because I can be dumber than a box of rocks. But the Holy Spirit, He is really sharp. I have learned a long time ago God is a lot sharper than I am. Have you ever realized that? Have you turned to your neighbor and said, I realize that? And, and so they, they tell me to go out to this bus, so I go out to this bus. I know it sounds like I'm exaggerating, the bus is surrounded by uh, state police, city police, and sheriff's deputies, and they've got a little bit of a fire going back in the back. We leased all these city buses. We got a little fire going back in the back, and the guy on the, on the, is on there with a, a club or something, and the driver's sitting in the seat, and he looks like he's not too happy. And, and I come out on the scene, and they say, who are you? And I said, well, I'm part of the staff here at Victory, and they asked me to come out and, and see what I could do. And they said, well, we're, we're about to go on that bus. And, uh, and then the walkie-talkie, they had it out there and came on again and said, Bill, see what you can do. I said, OK. And so the police officer said, go ahead. So I get on the bus. I don't know what to do or what to say. I walk on the bus. All these people are looking at me like, who in the blankety-blank are you? And you can fill in the blanks. And, 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 and the bus driver is just sitting right there. And I walked on the bus, and this. Do you know where they live? He said, yeah. I said, let's go. I thought, wow, that's good. I'm hearing it for the first time. I really am. And the police officers were there and said, what are you going to do? I said, well, we're going to take them home. And he said, well, we're following you. I said, "Okay." And so we go down Lewis Street on this bus with a cavalcade of cars and police cars and everything. You'd have thought it was the Pope or somebody, you know. I mean, it was, it, lights are going and all, and we're in this bus going down this street, and I'm thinking, so far, so good. And everybody is like they're stunned on the bus. You don't have a stun gun. It, it stuns you. It's like there's a stun on the bus. Who is this guy? this guy doesn't know really who he is, but he knows who God is, and he thinks God is in him. Have you ever done something, and I hope it's God, I think it's God, or if it's not God, I'm really going down the hill. It it was so awesome, and I remember the next day at church, at at the office, Mark Turner said, how did you do that? I remember saying to him, I'm not really sure, but I think it was God. (laughs) It was God. Now, I saw that because I've seen that play out time and time again in my life if I'm not emotional. A lot of people, now, we have emotions, so let's just say emotions aren't bad. But if emotions control you, they're bad. If you are controlled by emotions, you will never, ever be a peacemaker. You'll be up and down. You know, we used to have a gun in America. Um, I think it was Sam Colt, I'm not sure of the last name. I think it was Colt, because the gun was named after him, he, who, who came up with uh, the, uh, 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 in the Wild West, it was a, it, the first one was a five revolver, uh, five shot revolver, single action revolver, and it was called the Colt, and it was called the Peacemaker. Everywhere it went, we bring peace. And Sam Cold, the, the, the guy who designed this gun, said that, that people seem not to be able to be at peace with one another. Therefore, I'm developing a gun that will help them. And uh, so for, for years, it was the gun that was called the Peacemaker and then became a six-shooter. But it was a peacemaker that you would wear on your side, and that you know what, I, I'm here to bring peace, but if it's not going to work the way I want to do it, I'm going to shoot you, and then everybody else will fall in line, <laughs> and that's and, and <laughs> and kind of the way it worked at that time. Well, we don't have it like that, but we are called everywhere we go to bring the peace. How, how many of you know people that are quick to open their mouth? Like Pam talking to my wife right now. I mean, a Chris, Chris talking to my wife. Chris, I'm sorry. How many of you know people that are quick to open their mouth? Okay. When you're quick to open your mouth, you're quick to say something that you will regret, or you're quick to plant a seed that you don't want to plant. To hear the Holy Spirit takes a little bit of gap time. Have you ever had a bicycle that had a chain? Remember when you were a kid and had a little slip in the chain? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that slip in the chain is just like, oh, I wish I didn't have it. But every once in a while it was good because you didn't take off as fast as you could at the corner, maybe in front of the bus or whatever. And, 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 and so that little, little gap time there is I wonder what God wants me to say instead of I know God didn't want me to say that. Does that make sense? I wonder what God wants me to say instead of, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Once you say it, you've affected the entire spiritual climate of the room. And if you don't know what God is saying, why are you speaking anyway in a volatile situation? We are called to be peacemakers in every single thing that we do. Now, let me give you a couple other scriptures here because it's, uh, it's in Isaiah chapter 32. I believe that the world is starved for men and women of peace. Now, I... Okay. You got to vote for whoever you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. I can't envision Pastor Hillary being a peacemaker. I can't envision Donald Trump being a peacemaker. (laughs) I can't envision either one of them imitating Jesus. Can you? (laughs) Glory to God. So, what happens then is you start to look at people and you can be disappointed. But Jesus never disappoints us. I am never going to allow people to disappoint me permanently. that make sense I'll be disappointed for a a moment gosh that hurt I wish that hadn't happened I wish you didn't feel that way but you know what I'm not going down with you I'm not the captain of the ship who's gonna go down with the ship you go down with the ship if you want. I'm going up with Jesus. Does that make sense? You know the old saying, the captain always goes down with the ship? This captain's not going down with the ship. I'm going up with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And therefore, I know what is the truth when I listen to what the truth is. And this is what it says in Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. The work of righteousness. This is so powerful if you get this wording. The work of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness. Quietness and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. Now, let's look over to a similar scripture to what we just read in the book of James that is describing what you and I should be like. <clears throat> See, peacemakers, everywhere they go, Make peace, but you can't share what you don't know you have or what you haven't yet received. Does that make sense? You can't be the peacemaker God is describing if you don't have Jesus in your heart. You can't be the peacemaker that God is describing even if you have Jesus in your heart if you don't know his plan for your life that you're called to be a peacemaker. A lot of people think that they're like they are because... Of uh, You know, some people say women are more emotional than men. I don't know that that's true all the time, but but I think a lot of the times... You think women are more emotional than men? Oh, yeah. You not do? Not you not do not think? Not I have two little gerbils down here helping me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I think... I think. <laughs> I think, by and large, they are. You know, men are a little slower. (laughs) I won't even go there. Okay, back to where I was going. (laughs) Uh, I need you in here both services, Chris. Okay, this is James chapter 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding? Now, this is talking about demonic activity in people that should not have demonic activity. If you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you shouldn't be operating with demonic activity. You should be free to be able to be that peaceful person God's called you to be. And here's what it says. Verse 13, chapter 3 of of James. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, a lot of Christians have this. Bitter envy and self-seeking in your own hearts, you boast and lie against the truth. For the wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. A lot of this is in the body of Christ because of envious people. I had a man in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who was starting a church... And he he used to work with me and and report to me at Victory in Tulsa. And he, he, he had strongholds. I know he did and uh, we used to talk about it and uh, once he started his own church he said to me one day he said uh, he was we were at a meeting out in tulsa oklahoma i'm not going to use his name out in tulsa oklahoma and during the course of this meeting there are a lot of pastors there and he said i just want to thank bill Meckler because if it wasn't for him i'd have gotten fired from victory a long time ago and and i looked at him and i didn't say a word i just smiled but i thought you're absolutely right <laughs> because you would have the pastor would have fired you i used to cover for that guy all the time I may have helped enable him, but I don't think so. I think I did and gave him an opportunity to do that. When he got ready to start his church, he said, he he visited with me one day and had lunch at a a meeting out in Tulsa, and he said, what advice could you give me? And I said, make sure you take time to be with your wife, and don't let the ministry consume you. Okay, is that all? I said, yeah. I said, that's the one thing I think I would have done differently in ministry. I would have spent more time with my wife more time with my wife. So he says, okay, I understand that. Church exploded to about five, 6,000 people. Man is now out of the ministry, had an affair, lost his family, lost his wife, lost everything God wanted to do because he did not listen to the word of God. He would not let the peace of God get into his spirit, but he took the adulation from God through the anointing that was on his life the anointing of God will never keep you where your character can't keep you. You will fall from grace every time because your character is what's important. Not the anointing of God, although the anointing of God is important, but this person lost everything, and every evil word, I believe came into his life. He's now trying to get back into the ministry and I don't know what he's doing but if he, hasn't got the, if he hasn't got the foundation straight he'll fall again. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle willing to yield, full of mercy full of good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now listen to this next verse. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. If you go out, we were in a, what were, a pumpkin patch yesterday, and you, you got to take the seed, and you got to put the seed in the right tilled ground, and you put the seed in the ground, and after a period of time the pumpkin comes. Everywhere we go, the seed of righteousness that produces peace is in us. And we have the ability in people's lives to plant that seed. Now, a lot of times people say, I don't want that. You know, They don't say, I don't want that seed. They just don't accept what we're doing and saying. But that's OK, because we, we, that does, we are blessed when people persecute us. We are blessed when people come against us. Oh, I am blessed with those words you just spoke over me. I don't receive a single one of them, but I am blessed because God has blessed me because I have delivered what he wanted me to deliver to you even though you rejected it. We don't say that. You understand what I'm saying. But we become the people who are planting the seeds of righteousness and peace everywhere that we go so that people eventually want what we have. Can you say amen to that? Let's stand to our feet. Now, God's got an assignment for each and every one of you. And if you do this, it will change your life. How many of you know what it's like to walk into a room, to uh, and the thermostat, it's either too cold or too hot. You, you know what I'm talking about. Brenda's hand went up right away. You know, and you walk in there. My wife and I do not have the same thermostat setting, do we? My wife likes cold. I like kind of, but you know, uh, what is that? You set that on 30, uh, 20, no, 70. Seven. She likes it on 70. And, and when she's home, it's on 70. She goes out the door, it's going to 72 the minute she hits the door. And if she's not looking, it's going to 72. But then when I'm not looking, I look up, and it's back to 70 again. We have this, we have this opportunity that we share together. You know what it's like to change the spiritual temperature in a room, in a climate? We have that ability, through bringing the peace of God, On the scene that we walk on the scene and it's not you it's God in you it's the power of the Holy Spirit through you just come in and you don't even know what you're going to be able to do but all of a sudden the Holy Spirit shows you a word to say or not to say the Holy Spirit shows you I believe the Holy Spirit will show you how to smile I believe the Holy Spirit will just show you how to sit there and smile and somebody say well thank you for coming it's all better now and you didn't do a thing you just showed up because you brought the peace of God in. The world, listen to this: the world needs what we have. The world is hurting; it's going to hell. It needs what we have. And the example I'll close with is my a nephew out in uh, 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 Colorado. I love lo- love Matt, and he's still in jail, and it's possibly where he needs to be right now. Uh, but but he's he's really seemingly has had an encounter with god and is really into the things of god and uh, i remember the last time i was out there to bring him home uh, i went to check on his room the night before we left we had separate rooms in the hotel and i knew i was taking a chance but i felt like i was supposed to do that let him have his own room and i went to check on his room and he has gone and uh, he didn't show up till five o'clock the next morning and uh, i was getting ready to leave six o'clock next morning i was getting ready to leave and he came walking down the hallway and I saw him and, uh, and I he said, man, I thought I lost you. And uh, that, was, that was all that was said. He said, no, nope, I'm going home with you. I'm going home with you, Uncle Bill. And uh, so we came home and that one was a dry run for the real thing, but uh, that's okay. And uh, God never gives up on us, so don't ever give up on somebody else. And uh, so he told us, it just touched my heart, he told his mom not too long ago, he said, I really love Uncle Bill. And he said, when, I was out th- when he was out there last time to bring me home, I snuck out on him, and I was going all night long. And when I came back, I didn't know what he would do. I thought he would yell at me. Now, he never said a word to me. I thought, I thought he would yell at me. But as I was walking down the hallway, he saw me. And he said, Matt, I thought I lost you. He said, I know he really loves me. Now, I know it sounds like I'm talking about myself, but it was God in me. When he came walking down the hallway, I'd just soon smack him in the side of the head and say, where in the crap have you been, boy? I'm spending serious money to get you back here. But, but, it, but I felt the love of God for him. When the compassion of God wants to overwhelm you to reach out and touch other people, let it happen because you will never know what difference you'll make in their life for eternity. Father, I thank you for every person here today. Thank you for the plan and purpose that you have for our lives.